Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, May 13th, we look at Lesson 7, Worshiping the Creator. Together, let's see Jesus Christ through the lens of Revelation, which also points out His creative attributes. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, Michael, here we are, Lesson 7, Worshiping the Creator. And our memory text comes from Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Uh, amazing, once again, giving, giving the Savior the credit that is due as creator and the one worthy of praise for creation. And I love how Revelation brings that out. And, you know, I know we've talked about this before, the Imagio Dei, uh, it's a fancy term, but it, all it just means is the image of God. And, you know, the fact that God created us in his image, the, that just gives us uh, so much meaning and purpose for everything that, you know, we're about. And so um, it's just a, a really beautiful thought and a, a great foundation for uh, what our Adventist identity is about. Truly is. And Michael, uh, give a little shout out to a good friend of mine, Pastor Adam. He's going through uh, his EDD right now, and he had to do a paper on the Imagio Day. And right. as he's writing it, he said he's looking for more scholarship on it from Adventist scholars so he can combat. Uh, well, I shouldn't say where he's at, but he, so he can combat the, some of the school thought of where he's at, because he said they don't actually line up completely. And I told him a couple of sources. He found some articles, but it's important to understand from the Adventist perspective what that actually means. And I think we're going to get into a little bit more here in this lesson. But but understand that being created in the image of God from the Adventist standpoint, uh, I was just reading this morning, be holy as your father in heaven, as well as holy. Right. Uh, The character that God has placed within us and not just uh, what the world might think of when it comes to that term character matters yeah absolutely well he's kind of diving in and looking at uh you know john the revelator and kind of where he starts out we're talking about revelation 14 and the three angels but but really we're also looking at the story of of john who was one of the apostles yes what is you know sets the stage for all of this and and it's kind of a cool story because john at the at at the point when he's writing what we call um, revelation um, is in chapter one, verse nine kind of sets the stage, the context for, for what this book's all about. It says in, in, in this passage, it says verse nine, and I'm reading from the ESV, mm-hmm. I, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the Island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So, um, little context is that John is been um, uh, sent to uh, he's been banished right to this this little island and we have kind of a fun story in our family those that might be listening that know my my wife's family been missionaries to the Middle East and so um, spent a lot of time in different different countries in the Middle East for um, multiple generations and uh, my father-in-law has kind of a fun story about trying to get out to the island of Patmos, uh, Buster. <laughs> it was kind of kind of crazy, uh, but 
uh, ended up getting out there and kind of got stuck out there because even today, there's just not much out there. No. <laughs> and so, what are you doing out here kind of thing? <laughs> I wanted to see this island, you know, this this rocky outpost. <laughs> and so, finally, I couldn't find, uh, uh, apparently, the boat he got out there on um, had left and they kind of, he got stranded. So, he had to find like this fisherman, finally, who ended up uh, taking him back. And it was very bumpy uh ride because of the waves you know the current in the mediterranean there is just it's a little bit of a, a little bit uh t- uh, uh temp uh, the uh oh, what's the right word the uh very wavy i guess i'm, I'm not coming up with it uh but it, it, it basically getting seasick too right uh tempestuous yeah that's the one thank you buster i yes i, I need some help here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for being my wordsmith <laughs> and uh yeah, Revelation chapter one verse nine is telling us where he's at, and so, um, so my father-in-law wanted to see this so badly, and eventually uh, makes it back. But I think he uh, basically promised he would never do that again because it was just it's so terrible. <laughs> yeah. So even today, it's not the best place to. to you want to make sure you have a good ferry if you're going to get over there. But anyways, he made it over there and back. And poor John the Apostle, he's stuck over there. And, um, you know, this passage just reminds us that, you know, life wasn't always easy for the early Christian church. Now, I know people debate, you know, you know, how much persecution was there and everything else. But the bottom line is that he was isolated and uh, and yet he counted this um, uh, as part of a like a fortitude. You know, he calls it this patient endurance in Jesus. Right. And so wherever we might find ourselves, it might be in difficult places that we're to remember and to be reminded that God is our companion. Jesus is our companion, companion, even in tribulation. And so that's a big part of what the book of Revelation is about. But back to the three angels messages, which is where we talk about uh, the need to worship the creator, which is really the focus for this week's lesson. Yes. Uh, thank you, Michael, for that. And as you tackled a companion in tribulation, we recognize that it's worth going through the tribulation because we serve and worship the creator. And so Revelation 14, 7, it begins off and it's as asking us to pay special attention to the end of Revelation uh, 14, verse 7. And those of you who probably heard it time and time again, but still, let's, let's read it. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him. Who made the heaven? Uh, who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water? And saying, why? Uh, what final appeal does this judgment hour make? Well, it's telling us to worship Him who created. Right? Uh, that's the imagery that we see. That's in the uh, commandments, but it's also there in the beginning, uh, there in Genesis. But also tied into this, it asks us to look at Isaiah forty verse twenty six. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out uh, their hosts by number. He calls them all by name, by greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing, along with Romans 124, since the creation uh, of, the, of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. All of this to bring about the idea or the ideal that God is worthy to be worshiped because he is creator and that he alone is creator. And he is 
not someone who just created and threw it off in a distance, but he is one who is actually intricately uh, uh, woven into creation. So he's still connected with it. He still cares about creation. He is still caring about us today. And the very fact that we know this and that we see it and that we hear it, we see it with our own eyes through the word, but also in actually looking at nature uh, this morning, uh, my daughter and I and my son were, were having breakfast and we're looking outside and there's these uh, family of rabbits that come out and cats try to chase them. Nothing can catch them. We, we uh, dogs had a very overweight dog who couldn't actually get to the, to the rabbit. The rabbit just has, has more lives than a cat. But uh, I mowed the grass and my daughter loves these particular weed flowers. They're not dandelions. I don't know what they are. Mike, you probably know what they are, but they're beautiful yellow flowers. They close up at night. They open up during the day. And I left this patch of them for her, and she loves looking at them, playing with them. Well, the rabbit goes out there this morning. He's eating them up. And I say, Raina, the rabbit's eating your, your flowers up. And she says, Daddy, God left them there so the rabbit could eat what he likes. <laughs> and I said, you're right. God cares about the rabbit just like he cares about us, right? Well, and, and, and I say that because sometimes we, we, we want things to be so people-centric. And yes, Christ did die for our sins. But Christ loves the world. He loves what you just talked about, Michael. He loves the Rockies. He loves, he loves the water. He loves the, uh, every, everything he did. He said, look and see that it is good. And so for us to honor him as creator, as we enjoy nature, as we're out in it, we need to remember and go back and say, God, you're worthy to be praised for who you are, but also for what you've done. And we can see it all around us. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm I'm a bird watcher, so I I've been because it's spring migration, and I'm just like going crazy right now because every walk I'm look looking for warblers and all kinds of cool stuff. But you look at those birds and the sounds that they make, and just and how beautiful and intricate the colors and everything else. So I drove um, confession time. I drove an hour last week. No one else wanted to go with me, so I just got up early. And I drove to see this provenatory uh, warbler and it was, was right along this river and someone had seen it the day before. And I was like praying, Lord, please, I want to see this bird. And I see it and, um, and it comes up and perches like right in front of me, Buster. It's this bright yellow. It's so cool. Beautiful song. Wow. And I'm like, there taking video and stuff and people are on this trail and just like walking by. And then suddenly you see, I'm watching something and i'm like this is the super rare bird is so cool and they're like really like all, all of a sudden and suddenly their perspective changes so they stop and get off their bikes and they're like we have to see the bird too um but but you know i think that's just part of um you know people it's so easy to take things for granted and then you suddenly see it you you see what's there all along but you didn't know it was there and i think that's kind of how our lives are with creation like or like those yellow flowers with the with the rabbit you know we just take things for granted and then we realize oh that's actually something really special and when we see the imagio day we realize it's not just anything it's god's beautiful creation we are god's creation he's the creator so hey man michael i love that and so because of that tell us about a god who was close on tuesday's lesson all right, 2 Corinthians 5.17 uh, says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and this has got to be one of my favorite passages, the new creation has come and the old has gone, the new is here. So God is not only in the business of creating us, creating 
what we know around us and and so many beautiful things and giving meaning and purpose. But he's also promised to recreate our hearts. And um, that's what's talking about the old being gone. The new is here. The new is Jesus. Jesus wants to be a part of our lives. He wants to be in our hearts. And um, that picture or depiction of what God can do um, is found in these other passages in Psalm 139. It's talking about how even before we came to be that God had ordained our unformed bodies. In other words, this idea that God um, God is in the business of, of creating and he knows who we are from the most intimate details of our lives and has a plan for us. And Acts 17, 27, same thing. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he not be far from any one of us. So in other words, God's purpose in creating us is to be in relationship with him. And and he initiated that relationship both by creating us and by providing the, the opportunity to recreate our hearts if we surrender, if we give ourselves to him. And so um, God is not a God who's far away. He is a God who is close. And by the way, one other thing that's kind of cool is that, you know, you look at other world religions, people have to make themselves better, get to the highest mountain, do some great feat or accomplishment. And, and yet we have a God that's incarnational that transforms himself into becoming a human, um, to, uh, be very close to us and to, um, share, the gospel, which is a message of reconciliation. He is the one who initiate. He's the one who comes close to us. We don't have to go far away. He is present. Amen. Thing. And so all of this kind of this sense of creation um, is connected to the gospel and judgment. And I know Wednesday's lesson, Buster, take us to there. Take us there. Yeah. So uh, I love this as well. It opens up, uh, interestingly enough, it actually puts it there in the text, Romans 8, 1, therefore, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And it's tying all three of these together, the gospel, judgment, and creation. And as we look at this, Michael, uh, sometimes we, we think that it's not uh, woven together on purpose or intentionally, but God does. Uh, the gospel story is about judgment. It is about creation. It ties them all together with these texts that are coming up there in Ephesians chapter three, verse nine, which reads, and to make, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Uh, also Romans five, uh, 17 through 19. I'm going to read that and that'll, that'll be all for this one. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more who, uh, who, uh, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, uh, as though one man's offense judgment came to all men, once again, it's talking about Adam there, resulting in condemnation. Even so, one man through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. And that's mentioned in Christ. And it finishes off with verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, uh, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. And so there's one word that ties the gospel, judgment, and creation all together. And those of you who are going to be teaching the Sabbath school lesson, you want to highlight this. And that is, he is the redeemer. 
the gospel story is about a redemption story. The judgment is about a redemption story because the judgment was not meant for human beings. It was originally meant for the enemy and his angels. Uh, and creation is about redemption. Uh, Christ died to redeem all those. And so through his blood, through his sacrifice, through his life, through his death, through his birth, Christ did all these things to redeem us and to bring us closer. And this is what the scripture talks about and brings us uh, brings to fruition of helping us to see clearly. And so, Michael, with us talking about Christ as Redeemer, tell us about the Creator on the cross. Well, this is a great way to culminate this this lesson here about worship. Is you know uh, this this. Last weekend, I was part of some discussions about um, Adventism and fundamentalism at Loma Linda. And we're talking about how do we know the truth? How do we understand? And we talked about different models and systems. And I think the most helpful answer to these kinds of questions is how do we interpret the Bible? How do we understand it? Is that it has to be centered not on some kind of theory, not in some kind of um, esoteric idea or um, even... Uh, it, it, it's actually centered on a person and it's centered on Jesus and the epicenter of his story for us is the cross of Jesus Christ. And uh, of course, the lesson here is focused on uh, John chapter 19, which is one of the, the great descriptions, of course, of Jesus on the cross. And I encourage on this, just like Ellen White says, meditate on a, on, on the, the final moments of Christ, you know, um, there on Calvary as, as a, as a worthy, um, thing to to emulate and something to to spend time um, as Christians, we should spend time meaningfully reflecting on on what Calvary, what Jesus on the cross, what that means for us individually. And so this is this is the epicenter. This is the 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 the, the you know the heart of everything else. And I think whether it's our interpretation of the Bible or Revelation fourteen with the three angels messages um what great controversy is adventist we use a lot of different you know things but all of it centers and comes back to this one um one particular moment and obviously the person of jesus and so the creator um and and this is interesting because mm -hmm. he is the creator and he becomes part of his creation by becoming human but then it culminates in crucifying sin right. and on Calvary. And so the fact that the creator would go to the cross for us, uh, he, he didn't ask someone else. It's not like an angel or anything else. You know, it, it is God himself willing to the creator, willing to um, uh, put himself uh, before his own creation. And so um, Philippians chapter two, the great hymn by the uh, pastor Paul, right? Verses seven, eight, um, who being God, uh, took the form of a bondservant and came the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even. And so, um, so many things that we could uh, unpack that, you know, in terms of theologically and everything else. But the most important thing is it shows the relational aspect of our God, our Savior, Jesus, who died to redeem us. And so that is an incredible creator that we have and gives us um, when we recognize that um, we just fall at his feet and bow and say, what a amazing God, what a great creator that we have. And, um, 
and that still continues to love us and wants to do everything possible for you and I and everyone who might be listening to this um, to be in heaven with him for all eternities because God, the Imagio Day that he created us, he 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 wants us to be and live forever in eternity in relationship with him. Amen. And uh, Michael, you, you put it perfectly because a lot of other deities, uh, if you will, of other world religions keep people at a distance and far off. But this is a God who was incarnational, but also still remains personable and close. Closeness and intimacy is important to the God that we serve in uh, that, like you said, Michael, that forever relationship. Absolutely. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. And so it's been great as we've been exploring this. We want our listeners to keep on listening. So come back and join us each week. Um, probably most people won't have noticed this, but we've actually changed our, our servers as we've been migrating over to the Amagist Learning community, community as part of the North American Division. If you're having any trouble, any technical difficulties, please reach out to us. Let us know because there's always a little bit. Of, we just want to make sure that everything's going smoothly. As best we can tell, everything's working. But just in case, let us know. And uh, thanks for listening and join us again next week. Uh, until then, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, Signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.